As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Abu Dhabi, Yaz Island, Fight Island, where the UFC is and is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Lots to talk about. Politics, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll, news stories from the week that was. We talk about it all. So be ready because I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis, and I'm here with the ever, ever intelligent, ever fascinating, the greatest commentator in the world, my buddy, John Anik. Hi, John. How are you? That's quite the introduction. Quite the introduction. It's always good to be with you, fellas. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. That is not my era necessarily, but I I know (laughs) when I show up on It's Time Radio that I need to be prepared for, for everything. Absolutely. You know, it was my era when I was younger, but um, I'll tell you plenty of stories after the show. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. TJ, you good? You ready to go? I'm good. I'm I'm a little tired, but that's all right. It's all right. All right. Well, you know, we live in a COVID environment. I think everybody's suffering a little uh, interior tiredness, stress, whatever. But let's smile and dial and let's make this show fun for everybody. I'm energetic. I'm ready to rock and roll. John and I are getting into our road warrior mode. John's in Florida, about to head to Vegas. I'm in California, about to head to Vegas. And our paths will cross tomorrow as we go into Quarantine City. John, are you ready? Yeah, I mean, as ready as I'll ever be. I think uh, a respite from the three kids might be uh, a little bit of a blessing in disguise, but there's nothing worse than getaway day for me, right? So not looking forward to tomorrow. And yeah, the front end is not ideal, right? The 48-hour quarantine in Las Vegas before we hopefully are clean enough to go to another 48-hour quarantine in Abu Dhabi. And, of course, on Yaz Island, we are in the singular nicest hotel in the free world. So quarantining over there, you won't find me complaining. But, yeah, let's just hope we're uh, negative. I don't really get anxious for these COVID tests, but uh, certainly hoping this first one out of the shoot is negative so we can be wheels up to, uh, to Fight Island for a big pay-per-view, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we read about the bubbles with the NFL, the NBA. I think the NBA has done an amazing job. Other people are absolutely doing amazing jobs. Of course, we read about how COVID is still happening in the NFL, games being canceled. I mean, bubble or not, protection or not, there's always that chance. You know, we have to figure that everybody we're talking to around is asymptomatic, you know, wearing our masks and safety protocol and everything. Um, But, you know, on this trip, you and I was telling last week, we both got tested last week via home kits by the UFC. Uh, obviously, if we were positive, which we weren't, we would have been notified. So we're negative now. Yes. <laughs> Look at that bicep. There you go. And um, then we're going to Vegas. You know, we're going to get tested. We'll be quarantined at the beautiful Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Holiday Inn. I was, I'm just a little, I didn't mean to doze off there when I said that. <laughs> and then we're on the road. I mean, six in the morning, we're on that uh, Etihad jet, you know, 15 hours and we land and um, at the beautiful W Hotel and immediately get something stuck up our nose and immediately gets stuck in our suites. And <laughs> we, we have nothing to complain about. We have beautiful rooms, beautiful hotel. But it's a two-day quarantine, two tests. So we have three tests over four days. 
I think what's most interesting probably for your listeners is that we're leaving 10 days out for a singular event. Yeah. And that's something neither you nor I has ever done before. No. I'm not working the Korean zombie T-City fight, right? And I'm sitting here October 14th is departure date, three days before that event even happens. So we will get to our rooms before that live event happens and we will be in quarantine, hopefully watching and ordering rainbow hummus, but we'll be watching on the <laughs> channel in our rooms and uh, and just excited for this pay-per-view. You know, I think for most UFC staffers, to a man, to a woman, I can say, after having gone to Abu Dhabi in the W Hotel, we were looking forward to going back the second time. And now for you and me going back a third time, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great environment for fighting. As I've said, it's a much better and bigger fighting atmosphere for me than the UFC Apex in Vegas. And uh I think Habib and Gaethje sort of deserve that platform. So, you know, I don't know if you swear here, but let's fucking go, Bruce. No, no, it's, I'm all for it. And yes, you can swear, of course. I actually did my 11th or 12th F-bomb last week, which TJ Ooh. keeps track of. That's huge for me. Um, but I'm with you all the way. You know, I'm embracing it and going back. And, you know, we kind of got it down last time. Listen, we put out a couple of social media posts. You and I and some of the crew, you know, we're, we're on the road. I mean, at, at two in the morning, we're out there biking 10, 15 miles, you know, get, keeping ourselves in shape, keeping our brains together, yeah. you know? And there's other things to do besides just the nighttime bike ride. I mean, let's face it, the breakfasts are amazing. Uh, the hotel's amazing. And we need to explore a little more because now we've got a few more days to do so. Let's hit that beach. Let's get down to the octagon. Let's have some fun. It's funny, I didn't go to breakfast at all the last time I was there because it was sort of quarantine and then you hit the ground running for the live event. And obviously I have to report at least a day prior uh, yeah. to you. Uh, but again, hey, Bruce Buffer, that's that's the thing. You want that Bruce Buffer gig, folks, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know. Um, but so this time around, yes, we have more time obviously on the front end. And uh, what's interesting is that this pay-per-view is gonna be in an afternoon window in the States and a more regular traditional nighttime primetime window for the fans or the crew, right. I guess I should say, in Abu Dhabi. So it changes the way we've been doing things. You and I have done three live events over there and we've we've stayed up all night and we have slept all day. Yeah. Now I don't think we need to do that. I think we'll navigate it once we get there. But, uh, you know, we're not the athletes, but we still have to perform and want to be able to perform optimally at a certain time. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we don't take it lightly, you know, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can maybe uh, enjoy some sun for the first time in three treks down there. So yeah, so exactly. I'm curious, do you guys get the punter's chance, uh, you know, in the duty free or how does that work? Where do you get the punter's no, chance? No, no. The punter's chance is in the bag for free. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm bringing it with me. I'll have it in Vegas, but I can't break it open because obviously you can't bring an open bottle over to Abu Dhabi. But. I'll bring a bottle. If I have room, I'll bring two because these guys drank everything like within an hour last time I brought it. So I want to have a little more. We've got a lot of days there. But the puncher's chance will be there. We'll have it there. And, John, you know, it's funny. We get there and the show begins. Have we? I haven't ever been in a UFC location stuck in a hotel watching a UFC event live that I could actually be at within five minutes. Crazy, right? And obviously we will be in quarantine and therefore not allowed in the building even as a spectator. So uh, that ends that. But yeah, it'll be nice to sit back and relax. And again, we did not have that luxury the last time we were there. So if you have a 48-hour quarantine, I can't think of a better way to kill seven hours of that quarantine than to watch a UFC live event and sort of get us primed and, and primal for the pay-per-view the next weekend. But since we're allowed to plug Puncher's Chance here, I will just say... It's amazing it could be that smooth and still be 45% alcohol by volume. Because if you're like me 
and you have a relatively low tolerance because I don't drink all that often, I want to get banged up if I'm drinking, you know, and <laughs> this tastes great. And it only takes me a couple drinks to, uh, to be feeling good. So, uh, that's my puncher's chance rip for today. No, that's good. I'll take it. I love the review and very happy with it. I know you enjoyed it. I know Paul Felder enjoyed it. He probably practically drank a quarter of the bottle. So <laughs> it's okay. The Irish dragon definitely drinks like the Irish. He enjoyed it right. as, as yourself, my friend, you know, watching the UFC and thanks for those kind words for puncher's chance, which by the way, is it's just doing phenomenal. It's Russian. It's awesome. Um, you know, Brian Ortega and the Korean zombie. Let's face it. Can't wait. Right. This fight was canceled at one point. Now it's on. Um, it's it's amazing. Can you give uh, without picking winners, give your analysis of the fight? You know, a nice 30 second analysis of this fight. Yeah, absolutely. I would also say, you know, your audience understands that, you know, Brian and his camp very well. They see you very wear well black belt surfing stuff. So I know that this one is close to your heart. You also have a personal relationship with the Korean zombie. Yep. I will say, I think your boy T city and the betting line reflects this. He might be up against it, right? I mean, if you had to ask me which of these two fighters do I think is a future UFC champion and I could only pick one right with respect to Ortega. I'm probably saying Chan Sung Jung. I think the most interesting layer to this fight is that Henry Gracie is not going to be in the corner of Brian Ortega because even though uh, he was able to do that home kit and test negative, he tested positive upon going to Las Vegas. And really? Uh, if you know the personal relationship and, and dynamic between those two, oh, yeah. uh, you know that that's a mental hurdle for Brian. Now, if anyone can overcome it, it's him. But I think matchup-wise, there are certain things that, that favor the Korean zombie, who's just a hell of a fighter in his own right. Uh, but I think it's a fascinating matchup. Uh, you know, I, I think Ortega will uh, will excel in the grappling realm, but uh, best of luck getting it there. You know, I think Chan Sung Jung is a five-tool player and uh, can't wait to watch it, God willing, from my hotel room here in a few days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just you shocked me for a second. I wasn't aware that Henner tested positive. It makes you wonder, as close as they are and around each other as they are, there's that old thing about five days, 14 days. You know, what is going on? Is And God forbid, Brian tests positive this week. I'm not wishing that. But, you know, immediately those thoughts go through my head. Of wow. course, how could it not? And again, there is so much misinformation out there in my mind. And trying to sift through what is accurate and what is not is very daunting, right? I live in a county with my twin brother. My kids are back in school. He is making yeah. this, the decision not to send his children, right? So that that shows you, right? Guy with the same DNA as me navigating this situation totally differently. So yes, I mean, there are a lot of people who have had COVID-19 who are presumed to not be carriers any longer. But again, I could find you a doctor who will tell you the other side of that. So yeah. I don't know. Who, who knows, Bob? Who knows? Well, how is it done in Florida? You know that uh, the Miami Dolphins are opening up their stadium for 55,000 fans that sit side by side. God knows how the safety protocol there is. The president is out <clears throat> claiming, and you know, hopefully so, he doesn't have COVID anymore. I don't wish anything upon him, but he's having these events where people are getting together. They were potentially against super spreader events uh, that you know have been claimed to have been in the last couple weeks. How do you feel about that, John? How do you feel about? I mean, would you go to a football game and sit in the middle of 55,000 fans with your family? With respect to uh, Governor DeSantis, interesting name there, TJ. Oh, Uncle Ron? Ron? Yeah, Uncle Ron. Has, has no business. Uh, it's idiocy. 55,000. And I, I know that the Dolphins have been cleared to have 55,000 as yet. I don't know. I think they've just done like 13,000 or so, which is what they were doing. But all bets are off in the state of Florida. And I don't say this. I mean, I say it somewhat sort of tongue in cheek, right? But like, 
my daughters are so happy to be back in school. Sure. Thankfully, our governor, for their sake, has no respect for the virus. So my kids get to go back to school. But down here, it's like he, he does not care. And people are not wearing masks and, you know, shame you sometimes when you do wear one. Um, but my kids are back in school and the district seems to be doing a, a good enough job. But overall, you know, this state is wide open and, and should not be. So how do you tell your kids? Your kids go to school. What kind of masks do they wear? The, the standard nurse masks or what do they have? We have all sorts of masks. I mean, they take right. multiple masks to school, right? For a while, they were having to wear masks at recess, which necessitated uh -huh. an extra one for that, but they're no longer having to do that, thankfully. Um, but they go through a couple masks a day, but they're they're grinning and bearing it and happy to be in school. They've never been happier, right? If you wanted, and I pushed out a tweet to this, if you wanted kids to appreciate school, like me, right? Have something like this happen. I'd be begging my parents to go to school instead of trying to stay in bed. Yeah, uh, Rupert, uh, my 12-year-old, was telling me the other day, basically stating the fact that school's just really hard for him now, the whole virtual thing. He's not enjoying it, you know? And Henry, uh, he's getting his straight A's as, as usual and all, but the enjoyment's not there. So I could just see if they could just go back to school. They're going to start soccer twice a week this week. So at least they're going to get back on the field, you know? Because I've noticed in them the cardio has dropped since they've been home. I don't know if they could actually, you know, comfortably play a full four quarters of soccer right now or two halves oh, of soccer. No doubt. Oh, There's no doubt. I mean, we have gone to great lengths since summer camp was canceled to try to create some sort of normalcy, getting gymnastics and dance and swim teachers over to the house, whatever you got to do, throw it at the yeah. wall. Yeah, that'll be good for them. That'll be a godsend playing soccer a couple of days a week. And I think for us subconsciously, just getting out there and working, right? I mean, yeah. my wife has just been effing in it since March. So yep. I think for us, Hitting the road, however safe, uh, has been therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and me and my personal time, too, I've made it a point. I mean, last weekend I got away. Uh, I've been, you know, hitting what I know to be really COVID-safe locations for restaurants with, you know, friends, you know, or a friend or whatever, and just enjoying myself, you know, because, listen, we got to get out and enjoy, but we got to be safe. we got to be safe. Right. I think we're all trying to balance that line of, of not living in fear, but being safe, at least in my experience, based upon my 2020, I feel like a mask has really helped me, not yeah. just it, for the greater good preventatively, but I think it's also helped me uh, not have the average cold knock on fucking wood so far. So I don't know, man, I'm a mask man for life. And uh, I like to joke at the end of our podcast every week, I'll say, you know, don't text and drive. Uh, wear your mask, but Pat Militich, I'm not telling you to wear your mask, bro. I love you. Oh, people out there that really do not want to be told to wear a mask. And I'm sure some of your viewers will find me and tell me they don't want that information either. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the, the mass have been proven has proven to be the way to be. And like you said, I think we're going to be that way for a long time. Designer mass. There's a whole new business venture there for the right entrepreneurs. And I'm sure they're already at it as they are. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about uh, UFC 254. This is a big show. I mean, when I look at this, even down, you look at the prelims and you see fights like Stefan Struve and Tai Tuivasa, you know, can't wait for that. Right. It's going to be awesome. You look here at uh, uh, Ankalev and Kudalaba going at it. We've been waiting for this fight for how long? That's right. right. Finally going to happen. Hopefully happen. Yeah. Lauren Murphy and Cynthia Cabillo. Cabillo. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos back in against Makashev. I mean, these are great matchups. Volkov and Walt Harris. Hello. Hebe I can't wait for that one. Awesome. Oh, loaded. And, loaded. And, and, and Whitaker and Cannoneer. And let's get right into the main event. Justin Gaethje 
a man that everybody should not necessarily fear, but realize no matter what the odds, no matter anything, you never know how a Justin Gaethje fight is going to go. Habib Nurmagomedov, I said, potentially could be the sole undefeated fighter in the UFC ever. But Justin Gaethje, this, this is anybody's ball. So go ahead. Don't pick a winner. Give me your 30-second analysis. I cannot wait as a sports fan, right? I, this is a Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. And when I say I'll have anxiety at the beginning of the fight, it's not performance yeah. anxiety. It's me being a sports fan. And I don't have a dog in the fight. It's just that type of tension for me as a sports fan. I'm anxious for the combatants given all that is at stake, given Khabib Nurmagomedov putting 28-0 on the line, you know, competing without his father still on this planet. You know, in spirit, of course, he is. Uh, and then Justin Gaethje. I've thought a lot about how to sort of compartmentalize him in a show open. And it's amazing that he set out to just be the most entertaining fighter of all time. And he checked that damn box. And yep. then he said, you know what, I'm going to refine myself a little bit and try to be the best in the world. And he's damn near close to checking that box. You can argue he's already there with a the UFC belt at home to join all the others that he defended outside the UFC. But you beat Khabib Nurmagomedov, the singular nature of what a win in two weeks or 11 days would do for him, uh, life-changing. So, uh, And it couldn't happen to a better dude with a better head coach in his corner. So uh, excited for Gaethje and Khabib and the fight and uh, just hoping everything stays together. But uh, as you can see, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to be in the building for this one. Yeah, I'm excited to be in the building, and I'm going to show that excitement when I'm in the octagon, you know, roaring my lungs out for both these guys, for everybody on this card. You know, we've got eight, ten. It's a 14-fight card, John. I know what that means for you. That's about 35 days of preparation. Oh, <laughs> videos of everything you have to do. I was having fun until you reminded me that, uh, that there were 14 fights on the ledger. Yeah, sorry to bust your bubble on that one. Oh, uh, right, bust your bubble. There we go. We don't want to bust the bubble. We want to stay in the bubble. So okay. let's keep it at that. No, it's going to be exciting. Justin's been on the show. I've gotten to know him as a friend, and um, he's a hell of a guy. Habib, nothing but respect for him. I get along great with Habib, and I got along great with his dad. As a matter of fact, at the last fight I was at in Vegas, Habib was cornering his fighter, and I walked up to him before the fight started to, you know, give my condolences for his dad. We had our moment together. Um it's got to be tough, man. It's got to be tough not having your father in your corner. But like you said, very spiritual man, very uh, in his own beliefs, and his father will be there with him strong. Can't wait to see this fight. It's going to be awesome. There's another talk out there in the field of uh, MMA world. You know, Cyborg is preaching that she would love to have a rematch with Amanda Nunes. But, I, John, I don't see a Bellator co-UFC event ever in the future. Do you? No, and the UFC finally ripped off the Band-Aid, and that's probably a bad way to put it, but did the whole cyborg experiment, and uh, and then they moved on, you know? So I, yeah. I think at this point uh, she was able to realize a UFC championship and uh, made her presence felt on the biggest stage in the sport, and I think she will take some solace in that in retirement. But Amanda Nunes, I'm just not sure she has that many fights left in her. People just assume that she goes through all of these championship training camps and championship fights on skate. They're not flying back to South Florida with her like I am and seeing her get off the plane in a wheelchair after she beats Felicia Spencer 50 to 42, you know, right. because right. she can't walk from kicking so much, you know? So I think at 135 pounds, you know, maybe one or two more max down there. Uh, but again, I think that Amanda Nunes, uh, not that she has one foot out the door, but is focused on parenthood. Nina Ansaroff wants to come back. Obviously, her her wife 
and do so up 10 pounds at 125 pounds. So that's going to yeah. be a consideration for Amanda as well. But if Amanda Nunes has three or four fights max left, and maybe I'm overstating it, uh, I don't think one of them is going to be against Chris Cyborg. Yeah, I don't think so either. But one thing's for sure, she has three or four fights left. I mean, Amanda's already made a very nice amount of money. Um, I want her to make gazillions. Three or four fights more, she should be cemented and be secure for the rest of her life. Uh, you know, they're both mothers now. They're a new child. You know, there's a whole new outlook, obviously, as a mother of a new child. I'm sure they both have on life and much more to fight for at the same time. So maybe they'll come out more incensed and passionate about their fighting careers than ever. And we will see. I love watching a man in Nunes fight. You know, there's certain fighters in my career. Well, you know, a lot of fighters, you just don't ever want to see retire. You wish they could just keep fighting and staying the same forever. But that's just not the way life is, you know. And I think for Amanda Nunes, not unlike Henry Cejudo, and Nunes is, is an even greater example, but there's nothing else to prove legacy-wise. So why yeah. would she fight on to produce for her family for money, right? Prize fighting, the only reason for her to fight at this point is money because she is uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer of the highest order, and there's yes. legacy-wise nothing left to do. No, there's not. And, you know, she's just, she's just absolutely phenomenal, and I think she'll hold the crown as the greatest uh, – female fighter for a long time. I just don't know who's going to be able to surpass this woman. Well, the Valentina Shevchenko uh, layer is interesting. Yeah. Yes, course, there we go. Sorry. How competitive uh, their second fight was, if uh, memory serves. So for Valentina to position herself to ha have a third crack, it would have to be at 135 pounds. And as I said, I just don't see Nunes cutting down to 35, three, four, five, six more times. Right. And 45, I think, for Shevchenko might be biting off more than she can chew. But that's the fight, right, that would give Shevchenko the opportunity to prove that she's the greatest of all time. And I think, sadly, for Valentina, it probably won't materialize because for Amanda, I just don't know that there's much upside. You're 2-0 up in the series, and it's the most dangerous fight out there for you. So uh, as much as Amanda is the ultimate competitor, I'm just not sure that, uh, that we see anybody supplant Amanda unless it's Valentina. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, speaking of female fighters that are great, I've always been a huge fan of Holly Holm. Last weekend, I saw Holly Holm fighting. I haven't seen Holly Holm like that in a while. She was aggressive. She was moving constantly. Her side kicks, her front kicks. Um, do you agree that Holly Holm looked like a refreshed Holly Holm last weekend? How did you look at that? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a favorable matchup and a matchup that she liked Right. She liked to sort of fight someone who had some stylistic similarities and wanted mm -hmm. to mix it up. I do think and know that she's well trained and supremely well coached. And as you heard in her post fight interview, Holly was sort of down on herself for previous execution in fights. She feels like her coaches have have laid out a game plan that she right. executed well would would lead to a lot of wins that are losses on her resume. You know, it's hard to talk about her legacy without the four consecutive title fight losses that sit there on paper. But yes, she looked renewed. She looked great. And uh, again, were there not this uh, queen of the jungle, Amanda Nunes, uh, you know, I think you could say Holly Holm would be a real uh, live underdog in a championship situation even right now. But uh, maybe one more win positions her uh, at either 35 or 45. But uh, all the best to anybody out there trying to beat Amanda Nunes right now, because when you parlay her fight IQ with all of her skills, uh, you know, she's going to be minus 800 or more against most of these women, respectfully. Yeah, that's true. And um, also, too, when I look at Holly, it kind of like her career at this point. I'm, I, I almost remember when Randy Couture was fighting into his 40s. 
you know, where he held the championship, came back, regained the championship. Always a force to be reckoned with. Holly at 38, I think she is, or 39. I'm not quite sure. I can see her fighting into her 40s. You know, the woman is in phenomenal shape yep. and mentally in phenomenal shape and passionate still about her fighting. So let's see how her career goes. Again, we get back to the fact that the UFC just constantly provides us so much entertainment to look forward to in the future, which brings me to my next question before we let you go here. And that's GSP and Habib. They're talking about GSP and Habib. And GSP mentions that they were to fight possibly going down to 155 pounds to be in a world that neither one of them is, you know, or he claims that he's been at and fight on a fresh note. Do you, do you really see that ever happening? As much as I would love to see it. So I think TJ will know where I stand on this. The cupboard is not bare. There are all these lightweight contenders. There are all these guys who are worthy of a championship opportunity. There are two champions at 155 pounds right now. Mm-hmm. So with respect to George St. Pierre and Khabib Nurmagomedov, who obviously wants that fight, to me, it's not my first choice. You know, GSP came back after several years away and cut the line at 185 pounds. If anybody is deserving of getting that chance again, sure, it's him. And I suppose if Khabib wanted that fight to try to go out 30-0, and 0, he would be hard to deny that as well. Yeah. But, and, right, I mean, the Poiriers, who had his shot granted, but the Fergusons of the world who didn't get the Khabib fight, you know, even guys like Paul Felder and Dan Hooker that have been sort of biding their time, I don't know. I just feel like when you have a bunch of contenders you know, their primes are only so long. So you inject these Hall of Famers back in and uh, it really screws everybody in the top 10. Absolutely. And we're under two minutes here. So we got one more question coming in. Um, what was I going to say? Gosh almighty. Uh, and I know, am I crazy about St. Pierre, right? Like uh, it's, it has yeah. nothing to do with him. It, it has everything to do with all of the uh, the guys that just blood, sweat and tears right in front of us for the last three years. Well, totally true. But I also think for Pierre, as much as he's so proud, such a proud individual and probably one of the greatest examples of a mixed martial artist role model that there is on the face of the earth. At this point, with everything he's accomplished in life, it's it really is about money. It's got to take a lot of money to bring him back. You know, even though he has money for two lifetimes, three lifetimes, whatever, whatever the guesstimate is, um, I think there has to be that financial edge right there. You know, and I think for him to become a three division UFC champion, right, and to challenge his body and his mind to get down to 155 pounds, you know, not something I'm dying to see. That's what I weigh, you know, uh, but, <laughs> you know, I uh, I obviously think that promotionally there would be some interest because it's a huge fight. And uh, again, if 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 Habib wants that and that's his priority, uh, you can be sure they're going to try to make it happen. So we'll see. Exactly. Poirier and Connor. Is this going to happen? I think it is going to happen. I think it's a super competitive fight and yeah, uh, just a, a fascinating matchup. Divisionally, I hope it happens at lightweight and not at welterweight because that's where the fight is the most relevant. But absolutely, I think it happens. I don't know if it happens on Connor's timeline here in the next several weeks we have before we close the book on the year. You know, 10 weeks out here, the end of 2020, thank God. Right. But I think maybe first quarter 2021 is a bit more uh, realistic. Well, we'll see. One thing about Connor, he's in their training, he's showing on his social media, and Poirier is always in shape 365 days a year. And now... Is that the timer? Time is up, my man. It's timer right there, 30 minutes. You can only give Buff 30 minutes on getaway day, so... <laughs> yeah. All right, Johnny, listen, I'll see you tomorrow in Vegas. Um, Road Warrior Adventure begins again. It's not just life, it's an adventure, and we certainly get to experience it, don't we? I will be there, brother. Text me when you get there, and uh, we'll chop it up somehow, some way. 
You got it. Like we always do. Take care, brother. Love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Love you too. See you guys. Thanks. Okay. That was John Anik, my good friend, my coworker, my road warrior forever on the UFC trips that we take. And I got to say it again, folks, you know, it's like that saying goes, life is an adventure and we definitely got an adventure ahead of us and we'll make the most of it because we got fight Island down. I've got fight Island down. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, aside from all the quarantine, all the uh, aspects of what we have to go through, do not cry for me, Argentina. Do not cry for us. We have beautiful suites at the W Hotel. The food is amazing. The service is amazing. But we're in a bubble, and we'll enjoy our bubble, and we've got all our UFC cohorts there. You know, remember, TJ, when the, think, remember when the bubble used to be you just not making the final table or, or, or the cash? Yeah, when you bubble the, fi- when you bubble the money. Right, it's, yeah. You bubble the final table yeah. or you bubble the, the, where the money comes in. Yeah. Right? I remember one time I was the bubble boy of the Commerce Casino. I bubbled the final table twice in one week. Oh, so man. I was, I was called the official bubble boy. I made money, but nothing like being at that final table. Right. I made up for it. I won the tournament like a month later there. There you go. But, um, you know, getting back to this and thinking about everything that we go through, uh, we're still in the state of COVID. Uh, I'm amazed. I really, you know, when I asked John about the state in Miami, I don't, I don't wish this on anything. I don't want to hear about numbers spiking and everything. I want us to be back to normal faster than ever, but, you know, in the safest way possible. But, you know, you read things like Christian Ronaldo just tested positive for COVID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we had the NFL team where they uh, they tested positive. You know, the Titans closing down their their uh, practice camp or whatever, the facility or whatever. And then, you know, games being postponed to Tuesday and all this. But in the light of things and the positive notes, um, I have one more story that's a little negative when it comes a lot negative when it comes to COVID. Two stories here, actually. First off, how do you feel about um and I, and I understand trying to bring positivity back and, and confidence and everything to the country. But how do you feel about President Trump and the holding of these uh, rallies like yesterday, you know, fresh out there, no mask and everything? How, what do you think when you see that, TJ? I don't know. I, I mean, Jeremy's I really don't know what to say. We have, yeah, we're yeah. not going to go crazy like no, that. No, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Like, again, uh, my son's not going to school. Like, we have a different view of it in California. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I've been to the store. Like, I've been to the grocery store, and I've been to, like, Best Buy because I needed, a, like, a piece of technology uh, for my studio. But outside of that, I haven't really gone anywhere, Bruce. So it's, like, it's hard for me to say, like, oh, I could see wanting to do that or that's safe because, I mean, we're still very much on lockdown. I mean, a, a very strict lockdown when you consider, you know, what Florida's doing or other parts of the country. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around and doing anything because I haven't done anything since March. Gotcha. I understand. I can appreciate that, too. Uh, the other COVID thing I wanted to go over the fact here. Now, this goes in the animal community. Like, you've heard about animals contacting COVID, right? Not Ooh. very many. Yeah, but, like, so how many animals have contacted COVID-19? Like, th- there was a big thing about that tiger. Like, coronavirus is pretty common in tigers, but that's not COVID-19. Like, cats well, have coronavirus. I got a little surprise for you here. <clears> hmm. <throat> In Utah, 8,000 minks are dead from what? contact COVID-19. So, but, but, but to me, we have a serious issue if it's like jumped species. Isn't that like the whole thing about like how a pandemic will like kill the world once it's jumped species? So it's, it, it's confirmed COVID-19. It's the same illness that you and I have. Confirmed COVID-19. Well, could have. You know what I mean? You and I don't have COVID-19. I mean, I mean no, human no, beings. No, you know no, what I mean? 
according to the article, basically, or the report that came out, it's the first outbreak amongst mink in the United States, but other cases amongst mink have been detected in Netherlands, Spain, and Denmark, uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So the mink, uh, which are closely related to weasels, otters, and ferrets, right, the symptoms they get are very similar to humans, the difficulty of breathing, the crusting around the eyes, and then the virus progresses rapidly, and most infected mink are usually dead by the next day, as has happened here where 8,000 have dropped, you know, have lost their lives in Utah. Hmm. Now, that's, you know, I, I'm not trying to make a joke when I say what I'm about to say, but, you know, is it PETA or PETA? PETA. PETA. P- so, I mean, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. Right. Obviously, they're raising minks. I mean, why do you raise minks? I assume they're raising minks for their mink, their coats, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm not all for that, but I don't wish harm on anything um, or anybody. Uh, but, you know, very interesting story. And do again, you wear leather? Just, I know you're going to say, it. yeah, I do have a couple leather jackets. I don't buy leather now, but, yes, I do have a couple leather jackets from the past. And there's something about a leather jacket when it's been around for years. It's, it's great. But yes, I do own two leather jackets. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with they're all, you. They're each like 25, 30 years old. I will say that though. My, my thing is this though. You, I mean, you kill a mink essentially for its fur. You kill a cow because we can eat it. You know what I mean? Or or a pig because we can eat it. Um, you don't only kill uh one of those animals for uh just its skin to make a couch or whatever. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I just wanted to throw that out there because I know someone will. No, no, of course. And I listen. I'm always open to questions, and I answer them all honestly, unless I'm playing poker with you. Right. I'm going to lie through my teeth because I want your chips. And then it's whatever you need to say in that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, you know, and then you have other things like, you know, wool. But, you know, that's that's taking, that's I sheathing the sheep. Right, yeah, you don't have to yeah, kill, kill for the, the wool, sheep. no. Yeah, and mink, you've got to obviously do what you have to do because it's, you know, you got to, I don't even want to think about it. you got to yeah. do what you got to, yeah. All right, let's get past that point. You know, we talk about... Occasionally on the show, you know, World War II keeps creeping up like crazy. They just, it's amazing how it just gets bigger and bigger. The Navy in Poland, okay, mm-hmm. Navy divers are in a five-day operation to defuse the largest, and I quote, the largest unexploded World War II bomb ever found in Poland, right? 750 people have to be evacuated. The bomb weighs 5,400 kilograms. So what would that be, about 2,200 pounds, a little over a ton? Or bigger. I mean, I I don't. Hang on, Siri can help us. How many pounds? No, I know. Is... I think that's ten thousand pounds. Like hang five on. Tons. How many? How many kilos? Fifty four hundred kilos. How many Which... pounds is fifty four hundred kilos? Uh, Eleven thousand nine hundred and four point nine six pounds. Dude, All right, so it's basically that's about huge. twice. And there's 2,400 kilos of explosives inside, which is basically 4,800 pounds of explosives. Think how big that is. And the, it was so found how do, they, in a, do they detonate that, or how do they get rid of it? Like, what do they do to defuse it? They've got to go down and defuse it. Obviously, they're listen. Every, I don't. I'm not a bomb person. Okay. You, you're you're the know, bomb buff. You're the bomb. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, some people think so. Some people don't. <laughs> But with that being said, I mean, obviously, you know, there's always like the uh, what do you call it? The cap that sets it off. The yeah, detonator. the blasting cap. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they got it. There's a point where the bomb can be diffused because bombs aren't hanging around loaded and live all the time. They're they're 
loaded right. to be live. They're not they armed, if you will. Armed. There you go. That's the word I'm searching for. So it was actually originally dropped by the English RAF Air Force in 1945, right before the end of the war, in an attack on a German cruiser. It missed. It's down there. It's amazing. It was founded. And hopefully they defuse it properly. I mean, that's a big, big-ass bomb. Yeah. I could Russia. do a lot of bad things. Yeah, they dubbed, they dubbed it the earthquake bomb. That's what they call it. I mean, it could probably cause an earthquake. Yeah, you're talking an earthquake. Okay, uh, we talked about Eskimo Pies. They did get a new name. They have changed it. Eskimo What's the Pies. name? I'm trying to see here. Here it is, Eskimo Pies. Uh, da, da, da. Chocolate-covered ice cream. Now, well, they're calling it now Edie's Pies. E-D-Y-S. Okay. Yeah, so Edie's an ice cream company, so there you go. Oh, it is? I'm not even familiar with that. Yeah, I assume not that they, saying it's not big. I just no, no, it's it's definitely big. I'm telling you right now, like they're they're all over the the country. So, uh, yeah, I assume they were the parent company of Eskimo Pie or whatever. So, yeah, very cool. And uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon, the beer company, mm-hmm. they're one of the beers are now. Uh, they've been around since 1884. Right. They are now going to release a cannabis infused seltzer that will include a few milligrams of THC. It's a lemon favored sparkling water. They'll be sold to cannabis shops in California. Now, I don't know. Are you going to get high off a few milligrams of THC? I mean, wonder. I guess it depends on the individual, I would suppose, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on past use, body size, et cetera. Right. And then Ruby Tuesdays, the, mm-hmm. the restaurant chain, mm-hmm. they're filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, it's not shocking. They're not a very big chain to begin with, but— uh, Which, which means they probably suffer worse during this whole pandemic sure. situation. Of course, have you seen this thing on the ocean spray? Uh, the guy with the on the longboard, you know, his truck broke down and he drank the cranberry juice and ocean spray took note. And no, he bought him a new truck and Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Max imitated his video. It all went viral on TikTok. Huh. I was watching this guy on CNN last night. You know, TikTok brings out so many like people immediately, you know, becoming relevant overnight. But it was really cool to see this. Um, just a surfer guy doesn't go anywhere without his longboard or his skateboard or whatever. Truck breaks down. He's traveling down the road on a skateboard. Oh, yeah. No, I saw an ocean spray. Yeah, I, di- I didn't yeah. know that it was because his truck broke down. I saw the guy on the skateboard, though, drinking the juice. No, no. Truck broke down, and uh, suddenly Ocean Spray took note of it. It was a great PR thing for them. It went viral everywhere. Mick Fleetwood making his imitation video of it. And right. the marketing people at Ocean Spray, and I commend them being a marketer myself. They jumped right on it. They made the most of it. Never miss an opportunity. Never miss an opportunity. Never miss. Getting into some sports here. Congratulations to the LA Lakers, right? Yep. Title number 17. Amazing. Does that include the the Minneapolis Lakers uh, championships? That I cannot answer, my friend. If you want to look it up and Google it, because I know Minneapolis is your hometown. You can see, but I think it might just be the Lakers, but... uh, well, let me see. When I saw the Lakers, well, I, I mean, they were the Lakers when they were in Minneapolis too, because that's yes. what they're named after. Not a lot of lakes yeah, I, in L.A. I don't know why they didn't change the name. <laughs> Lakers are Lakers. Are they? But, uh, I mean, what lake do you go on in L.A.? Uh, you know what a Laker drive, is? You can drive. Yeah, I know. You can drive to a couple, but not in like L.A. No, not in L.A. You got to go outside L.A. That's what I'm saying. So then, yeah, we're no, like, no, you no. know, the greater Los Angeles Lakers. There's no lakes here. No lakes in the city of L.A. Got it. But um, congratulations to him, LeBron James. I, how many rings is this for LeBron James? Uh, not as many as you think. Okay. Two? Well, at least. No, I think it's three. Okay, three? Again, we're guessing. 
Uh, the Lakers, let's see here. Um, they won one, two, three, four, five championships uh, with the great state of Minnesota as their home. So this is the uh, 12th championship in Los Angeles, uh, 17th overall, but five were uh, in Minneapolis. Gotcha. And I think I told you before that I have season tickets to the Lakers uh, about four seats behind where Jack Nicholson sits. You know, they always show where he's sitting when the games were live. Mm-hmm. I had tickets from 98 to 93 during uh, I had season tickets. Well, 93 so to was, 98. Wait, excuse me. 88 to 93. Sorry. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, you got a flux capacitor. You're going back in time. Yeah, going back in time. But, you know, I was able to see the all the great time during their championship and their three-peats and all that stuff, you know. Or, or excuse me, games they were winning. It was it, th- those days going back to basketball back then when Kareem and Magic and Jordan and and Robin and his prime and you know Detroit Pistons coming in. I, I just I don't know. I just remember it so well. It was so great back then, uh, as it's great today, you know. And I give the the credit to the NBA for the bubble, like I said earlier on the show. Very cool. And now getting to the NFL. Okay, uh, the NFL is reportedly considering Dallas and Los Angeles as host cities for the playoffs if the league decides to hold a portion of the playoffs in a bubble because of the virus. So we'll see. In other words, the individual playoff games will be wherever they are, but they're, they're talking about that. excuse me, the original games will be where they are, but they're talking about the host games being in Dallas and Los Angeles. So what's the difference? Can't go to the game anyway. I, I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't just have everything in a bubble then. Like, why is the regular season taking place in different cities? doesn't make any sense to me. So what's different from, you know, weeks 1 through 16, 17, rather, than all of a sudden now it's the playoffs, so let's not leave the bubble? Doesn't make I don't sense. know, TJ. I don't know. All I do is watch the games when I can and enjoy them. It's just illogical. I, I don't get it. Because you're, you're depraving those cities that, you know, could use that extra business of just those teams coming in and, I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but again, how much extra business is a city getting when a game comes into town beside the media and the people in the game? During a I pandemic, mean, when a when a team rolls through and stays at a hotel for a week, a lot. No one else staying in that hotel, really. I don't know. I mean, I'd be pissed off if I had my NFL franchise in my city, um, you know, go all the way to the playoffs, and then we don't get to have their host, you know. Yeah, I would, too. I mean, just from the personal pride factor of having them in the town, you know, playing their hearts out. Yep, I'm with you. Listen, last weekend, two things disturbed me. The most, the biggest thing that disturbed me was watching Zach Prescott go down in that injury. Dak. Dak Prescott. Not uh, Zach. Dak Prescott. Pardon me. Dak Prescott going right. down in that injury. Yeah, that no. Just... I, I I can't look at photos of that. I, that was all over my uh, uh, Facebook timeline. Was, yeah. yeah. It was like Joe Theismann all over again. Not as know? bad, but pretty damn Not close. Not as bad. But I wonder how long it's going to take to recover from dislocated and and green stick fracture with the bone coming out and everything know. that happened. I don't know. You, yeah. I mean, you hope for the best, but I mean, and also too, not only just recovery time. Like, can the human body really be the same after that? I would tend to think not, but I don't know. Well, let's hope for the best because they're saying the recovery time will be four to six months. Knock on wood. I mean, that seems that wood, seems incredibly so. optimistic to me. Yeah. I hope so. You know, he's publicly gone public about his brother who, you know, killed himself, if I understand correctly, and suffering from depression. Uh, Dak coming out publicly that he 
uh, if I read correctly, you know, has suffers from depression. And I hope just he gets through all this top notch. He just seems like such a very cool guy, a very good person. You could tell, man, when he went down, his team, the, the effect that it had on his team, watching those faces, look at that. It was just, it was rough. But then um, the backup quarterback, the old Cincinnati uh, quarterback that came in, did a great job. They won the game, and hopefully Dallas will continue to do well as a team. Uh, also, too, getting here, there's another note here. We talk about this, too, on the show occasionally. I, I don't know how many times I always hear about the biggest diamond, this, that. But have you ever heard of a purple-pink diamond? No. I mean, I know they come in all sorts of colors, and different colors mean different clarities and all that stuff. But no, never have I heard that. This is beautiful. 14.83 carats. They call it the spirit of the rose. It is beautiful. $38 million. What do you do with that big of a diamond? I don't know if I'd wear it out in public. I'll tell you that much. No, I mean, you probably get away with it because no one thinks it's real. But I'd probably probably keep it in a nice locked safe in a safe room that I just go in and want to stare at it for 15 minutes at a time and just enjoy how beautiful it is. Yeah. You know, unless I'm Kim Kardashian, I'm sure she'd be wearing it on her right hand and running all over the place. Right. So Kanye, don't drop it. Anniversary is coming up, Kanye. You got something new to buy your wife. Here it is right here. 38 mil. A lot of dollars. Well, according to conspiracy theorists, uh, diamonds aren't worth anything and De Beers owns everything. So, <laughs> okay. We will see. Who's Sorry that? About Who's this. calling you? Mama Buffer was calling. Me. Ah, you <laughs> should probably uh, get you off the, off the air so you can call. Yeah. Mama I back. I will give her a call back, no question. All right, TJ, that's it for me. I'm getting ready for Fight Island. Got a lot of stuff to do today. This is my last day in town. Tons of things to do. Little uh, fun dinner tonight, you know, nice. with a friend before I go. And just uh, get ready to leave town with a smile, man. Well, I mean, you that's know? all you can do. That's all you can do. Be safe. Travel safe. Uh, knock it out of the park. Really big event coming up. I'm excited yeah. to watch it. And uh, I saw your suit. I saw your uh, no, uh, you little, only saw the well, I saw the tease of it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's a beautiful suit. You know, my King and Bay, my tailors at King and Bay, uh, amazing. They're just so great. The tuxedo came in. I tease it. If you want to check it out, everybody go to my Instagram. I posted a video the UFC did of me and my different suits from a couple years back. That was a really cool video they made. I really like that video. Uh, that video actually, when I watch that, I'll watch that before the show because it'll pump me up. There you go. Right? There you go. Why and not? Motivation. My little. Yeah, my little uh, ACDC Thunderstruck and video, you know, that kind of thing. Right. My, my ant song. I love it. And um, I'll unveil it at the show. What they're planning on doing, though, TJ, and they're going to announce this, and for everybody listening, pay attention to my Instagram and also King and Bay because there's going to be a drawing for a fan to win the same outfit that I'm wearing at UFC 2- 254. Am I excluded? Yes. No, you're, you're, can, you can go for it, too, everybody. I don't know what the parameters of it will be. They told me they had enough material to make a second jacket, and that's the plan. And, nice. And all things, yeah, and all things being equal, it should be announced in the next week or so. Nice. So I'm pretty excited about that. I would love to see a, a happy fan get that outfit because it's it's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, if they get the suit, I think they're going to be tempted to try to buy your cards off you. So, you know, you might want to put those up there as well, the whole package. Hey, just go to BruceBuffer.com where you get your videos and your audios and write me about my cards. I'm always open, but I'm not always agreeable. You know, I love you know, my that's, cards. That's a great way to describe it. Not, not yeah. you know, always open, not always agreeable. Not always agreeable. Yep. I mean, certain things mean a lot to me. And I was just going through my uh, photo album this morning, and I found my uh, announcing cards from UFC 10 stuck in the photo album. 10? 10. 
Man. I have the I have them for my first show, UFC eight and buy them on Puerto Rico. You know, I have those set aside, but now I found UFC's ten cards. And TJ, they were on cards smaller than three by five cards. Oh, I, I can't bet. believe I was working off cards like that. Yeah, then. and they're probably not nearly as colorful. Oh no, there's not. They're black and white. Right. They pasted on. You know, this is they were I wonder they weren't even made by me. They were made by production and given to me and I had to work with them. Wow. This before I developed my own you right. know, pattern yeah. style the flare. and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, exactly. So all good. All right, TJ, anything for everybody before we leave? I'm, I'm feeling great, and I'll, I'll make that clear before I leave. Yeah, no, uh, everything's good. Just uh, check out Extra Rounds on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page or anytime you can get all of our shows available now on UFC Fight Pass. Just uh, pull up the Fight Pass app, and uh, you should probably see it right there on the front page. Just scroll down a little bit. Extra Rounds. Me and Dean Thomas uh, talking the latest and greatest in MMA and recapping all the news coming out of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Very, very cool. Well, I will see you from Fight Island next week. We'll figure out a time, announce it to everybody. Um, going to always be good to do a show from there. I'm feeling 150% TJ. I can't wait to hit the road. I'm excited. I had a rare weekend off. I had a great weekend. I had a wonderful weekend, very fulfilling. Um, I'm fulfilled now. I'm Everybody's healthy around me. I can go away with a clear head, and I'm really, really, really excited about this show. Not looking forward to the quarantine moments, but that's why God made online poker and Netflix. And uh, telephone calls to good friends that want to say hi. There you go. There you go. What happened? Oh, you paused. Because I think we froze. Yeah, now you're back. Okay. I heard Just all of that. Going? I heard all okay, of that. Okay, good. Yeah, Sorry, you know, we're guys. good. We're good. We made little it glitch in the Skype. It, little glitch in the Skype. It happens. All right, buddy. All I can say is feeling great. Big cheers, no fears. I am so ready to roar from the octagon. This might be one of the biggest amp shows I've ever felt. Maybe I'll get some air. I don't know. Ooh, we'll buffer. Buffer. Maybe. I'm not saying anything. I'm not promising anything. All I know is that I'm going to get in there and give my all. The warriors on the show, female and male both, every show, they deserve every ounce that I can give them, and I'm going to give them 150%. So let's rock, and I'll say it again as I always say. If you're truly a UFC fan... You don't want to miss UFC 254 unless you got a wedding to go to, like your own. Right? Once upon a time, yeah. Once upon a yeah. time. <laughs> Once upon a time. We have liftoff. I'm excited to see, maybe. We'll, we'll see, we'll see if okay. conditions are correct. We'll, we'll put NASA on the, uh, on the beat. <laughs> all right, no promises. All right, TJ, you take care, brother. I'll talk to you next week. Everybody out there internationally, thank you all, our growing audience. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, where we show the shows on video. And um, also, too, I want everybody to be sure of one thing. Be safe out there. Treat everybody with respect. Follow your safety and protocol. We're in a pandemic. We want to do everything we can to get out of the pandemic. And it's very important that we all follow safety and protocol and treat everybody equal. Also, too, set your goals. Write them down. Be, know about them. Get your knowledge about them. When you step on that path, be the best you can be. If you're performing at the best you can be, that means you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. With that being said... Love you all. See you next week. Have a great week. Big cheers. No fears. Buffer out. Lift off. Yeah, lift off. <laughs> Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.